Hello and welcome to the In the Can podcast. We're back with another week of what we've seen this previous week. We need to come up with a new way to say that. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> I'm actually doing pretty good. Right. Doing pretty good. I'm here with James and Tom, Jenny and Chris. Uh, we'll eventually be back on the podcast, particularly Jenny. Gay, s- gay school. Yeah. yeah. Um, they'll eventually be back and we'll catch up with them uh, when they get back. Uh, so without any further ado and without wasting more time, what have we seen this week, James? I have actually seen quite a bit for me. Was it 11 in a season of TV? No, but it's yeah. it's three in a short film. All right, so three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Three and a third almost. But uh, the big one that I've seen was Ad Astra. Okay. But we'll be saving that for yeah, a little we'll, bit later for for special reason. We'll get into that a little bit later. The other three, one is two of them are actually ones I've been wanting to see for a couple of years. For well, for a while, uh-huh. and the last one is a a pretty good oldie. I'll start with that one. It was I saw the anime movie Akira, or as it's pronounced in the Japanese, Akira. Okay. Yeah, 1988. 88, 88. Yeah, 88. Uh, and it was the big anime movie that actually brought, like, the adult-oriented anime to the West. Yeah. And almost caused the collapse of the anime industry in Japan. <laughs> yeah. If it, if it was not for how well it did in the West, that, very wo- that, along with one other one, could very well have shuttered the entire anime industry. Yeah. And that is exceedingly interesting to think about. I watched it in the original Japanese with English subtitles. Singer. And I gotta admit, it, it's held up very well from being from 88. Yeah. It's a little slow here and there. It, it is, and a couple of the decisions yeah. and character moments are kind of like, eh. Yeah. But on the whole, like if you think about when it came out, it's really good. And most of the animation, exceptionally smooth. Yeah, I've never had a chance to see it myself. So I would actually suggest it because you'll see a lot of a lot of moments in it that later cyberpunk, sci-fi, all that sort of stuff. I wouldn't want to say cribs, but definitely pays homage to. Okay, there's because there was a lot of moments where I was like, oh wait a minute, I remember I remember seeing something like this in blank. It's like there's a lot that that pays a nod to it. Okay, yeah, there's actually an American. Um, or uh, American Hollywood remake coming of it. Yes, with Waititi. Taika Waititi directed uh, Thor Ragnarok and Hunt for the Wilder People and a bunch of other I, things. I wish him the best Oof. of luck because yeah. holy crap. I I have faith that he'll be able to do it. I know he's been talking about doing this one for a while and now that he's kind of proved himself with Thor Ragnarok and from what I've heard proved himself with Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I hope that he he does the movie he wants to make. So. The only other one I could think of off the top of my head who I would like to see it is Del Toro. Uh, I wouldn't take Del Toro. I would put uh, Alfonso Cuaron, who did like Gravity and Children of Men. I think he would huh. be interesting. Or a guy named Denis Villeneuve, who did uh, Blade Runner 2049. He, isn't he slated to do the Dune movie? That's Yeah, funny. he's doing Dune, so he's busy. But, but I would like to see his take on Akira. I'm... I'm definitely interested in that just because seeing what how it would be adapted to yeah. to live action. But I'm not going to get my hopes up. Yeah. 
I'm expecting it to be good. I've liked everything I've seen from Taika Waititi, so. He seems pretty solid, and I'm actually oh, yeah. looking forward to Jojo Rabbit, which I wasn't until oh, I saw that wonderful yeah. trailer. Oh, yeah. But anyway, that was that one. Very solid movie, and if nothing else, to go back and watch one of the things that had such a big turning point for anime, it's kind of nice. Yeah. It's like you go back and it was... A few back then that are kind of like that. The original Ghost in the Shell was like... That. Yeah, and that, it also has kind of feels, similar feels with that, because it deals, it's dystopian post-apocalypse. Yeah. And felt really good for it. Now, one of the other ones I saw was last year's Upgrade. All right. What'd you think? Holy shit. Awesome movie. Good, bad. It was amazing. Okay. Good. Yeah. It, like the first 20, 30 minutes are a bit slow, but once he gets STEM implanted in it, in him, like from then on, it's like the perfect movie. Yeah. It, it's one similar to the raid. It doesn't really let up once it starts. No. What I, you know, I will go into spoilers here. Slight. It's been out for a while. What I love about that is that it isn't like your typical revenge thriller. Yeah. Throughout the entire thing, Gray just wants to get the police to the people who killed his wife. That is his stated goal from the get-go. And he ends up in situations where he's essentially forced to kill them. And you can see it on his face that he he is no bueno. Yeah. Like, this is... Not what he wants. Yeah, that's, that's and one I of the like things that. I, I really enjoyed about the movie is the fight between the the body and the mind, and they yeah. they do a really good job showing because stem can't control from the neck up, so the head stays in the same position when he's fighting. Oh yeah, and stem he doesn't control the head. Yeah, that actor whose name I can't think of uh, Logan Marshall Green. Logan Marshall Green, who is basically what a lot of people joke as a discount Tom Hardy. Uh, yeah. I can see it. He is phenomenal. Yeah. I never, I never didn't buy that that it wasn't Stem and him. Yeah, I don't know what he had to do to do that to get that point across. But my God, that some of the camera work where you're focusing on just his head. They, the way they did the the camera work there is they actually had a microchip or they had a chip on the back of his head, quite literally. <laughs> And they, the it camera tracked, was it tracked targeting it. the camera chip. Oh my god! Uh, the same way they do like special effects green screen shots, they actually have like a a program camera. They did the same thing tracking his head when he's moving, so it like exactly matched him moving. Uh, it's a really weird technique, but it works really well when you're doing something that's kind of surreal like that. It was so great. Like it fit. It one. It fit perfectly. And two, I, I do, again, I don't know how he did it, but even the choreography, the fight stuff, yep. it even when he, he was fighting against, like, the big one is Fisk. Him fighting against Fisk. It looked like Fisk was the, the military guy who, oh, yeah, who yeah. was naturally moving. And yet, Gray's char- Gray was keeping up while still looking disjointed and autonomous, uh, essentially. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how many shots they had to do for it, but oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It was so beautifully shot, and the twist at the end. Oh, yeah. I, we won't get into the, the full twist at the end. But no, but no. like yeah. I, I did not see it, and I loved every second of it. Yeah. yeah. There was two of my favorite parts of that movie were um, the 
part where he first goes into the one bathroom scene. Oh, the old bones. Yep. Oh my god, that whole bit was amazing. Yeah, like the, the hell are you gonna do, crippled man? <laughs> okay, you can take over Stem. Right. <laughs> it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love how he, Stem's like, "Don't get overconfident. <laughs> Don't get cocky, kid." Yeah, it's like it was. Yeah. No, it was very well done, and I was gripped the entire time. Yeah. Like again, the first twenty or so minutes are slow setup, which I completely enjoyed. Was very needed, yeah. and then after that, it doesn't let up. It knew exactly what it needed to do, and it hit every single point. And it, I never, and nothing ever really felt contrived. Yeah. So yeah, one hundred A plus. I'm. Yeah. I wish I'd seen it in theaters. My other part was the rooftop scene with the, the shotgun. Oh yeah, oh. The shotgun hand. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I that's the that's, only point. That's that's yeah. the only point where I could very easily yeah. tell that there were special effects. Yeah. But I didn't care because it looked amazing. Right. I like that, and I like the fight scene with the. Uh, yeah. The, the, the guy in the guy's house. Oh, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. That, yeah. The the first guy that Stem fights and he's taking the, the knife and stabs the guy with his own knife and like all that with him getting up off the ground. Last thing I'll say throw him in, or move away from the coffee table. Okay. <laughs> I, I the last thing I'll say it's brutal. Oh yeah. Like that 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 first fight against Cirque. He basically gives oh him that God, whole. Oh my God! Why are you doing this? Yeah, he gives him that whole Glasgow oh, smile. Yeah, that I forgot about that. He looks like Aaron Yeager. He plane. essentially garrots the man in his mouth. Yeah, with a kitchen knife. Yep. yep. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not like adverse to gore. One of my favorite things is right. the thing or, uh, Event Horizon, yep. which are very gory. But even I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, whoa, yeah, back up here. There's some. Like, in something like The Thing, you know going into it that there's going to be gore. You go into a lot of horror movies. We'll get into that on Thursday. Certain types of horror movies, you go into it knowing there's going to be gore. Upgrade, sci-fi action film. I did not expect it. I saw that, and I I had the exact same reaction as Gray. I was like, oh, okay, back up here. What? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's not nice. It's especially poignant because... Uh, just before that, when they're in the kitchen, he's slapping them with the plates, which is hilarious, by yeah. the way. It's Sorry! Like, it's like, dude, just stay down, please. I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to do this. Stop. There's, there's a good moment in Your Next where it's very similar. The Dude, why don't you just die? This is hard enough already. <laughs> yes. And he keeps really... stabbing him with uh, screwdrivers. Yeah, it's very it, similar. It and But no, it's like the acting, the story, the, the cinematography, the choreography, the music. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I love the music. I have the soundtrack. It, I'd have to think what else I saw 2018, but it unless I can think of something big, like I think that might be my top for the year because oh yeah. for that year because oh my god, that's way up there for me. Um, I'm having a hard time coming up with movies for 18 as well, but yeah. yeah. But the last one I saw, which is a short one, and it's it's an intensely cheesy movie. It's Kung Fury. Oh god, I've heard of it, never seen it. Kung Fury is a schlocky 80s movie and that's all it tries to be and it's amazing the main character is a guy by the name of Kung Fury who was gifted who was gifted magical Kung Fu powers when he was struck by lightning and bit by a cobra of course yeah and he he has to go back in time to kill Hitler also aka Kung Fuhrer right I was trying to remember why Hitler popped into this yeah (laughs) Wow. Because he's popped up into the 
time stream into the present time and shot up the police chief and everything. And oh my god, it's so stupid and amazing. My it's, brain hurts. It's a thirty minute movie. It's it's short film. It's there's also apparently a sequel in the works. I was just about to look that up. Yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, Schwarzenegger plays the president. Of yep. course he does. <laughs> That's where I knew it. Yeah, I followed yep. Schwarzenegger. It is a it is a 30, 30 minute schlock fest, and every second of it is golden. Wow! Like the the main Kung Fury speaks with that stereotypical gruff guy voice. It's like, "What do you want, Chief?" Like all that stupid stuff. Yeah. And it's it's great. It doesn't even try to play itself serious, and I love it for it. It's also got some really decent choreography at a couple points, like surprisingly good. And it's got a theme song sung by David Hasselhoff. It's called True Survivor. Look it up. It's an amazing song. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, honestly, I, I, I don't think I did not watch a bad movie at all this week. All four of mine were fun in their own ways. Okay. All right. I, I'll go last because I have a lot. But I can't say that. <laughs> so Yeah, you also have a lot more volume, so it's hard to it's hard to, for everything to be a hit when you watch a dozen. And the most A list on mine is the worst. Yeah. What Ow. Did you see, so other than the movie that we're going to be talking about last, I've only seen one other film this week that I'm going to talk about. Uh, and that one was uh, Hostiles. Oh Hostiles, yeah. Yeah, Hostiles. Uh, and that one was an interesting movie. It's set in eighteen ninety six. I it's think it's a western, was. right? Yeah, kind it's a western. Of. I have no idea what this is at all. So it is Christian Bale playing a cavalryman trying to who's getting ready to retire from the cavalry. That sounds good for him. I'm guessing. Pardon? I'm guessing it ends well for him. Um. Not bad. So you said oh, okay. eight, like late eighteen hundred. Is this this is just post Civil War? Post Civil War. He and a another guy in his unit have given over twenty years to the army. Wow. And they are tasked with taking a chief of one of the Indian tribes back to his home, um, and not be held inside of this fort where they've been held captive for quite a long time because they keep running off the reservations that they're not supposed to be leaving. And this particular one was incredibly brutal in his tactics on killing people. And it's them taking that chief. And he's dying. The chief is dying. Oh, so he wants to die. And so he's, and he's asked, made the request to be taken back, to be escorted back to his home to die there. Basically. So yeah, so they can do rights. So they can do rights and everything like that. And um the it's him, his son, his son's wife, I think uh one of his daughters and his grandson grandson all being escorted to their home, which I believe was in Wyoming. Huh. Yeah. And they're in Cal- Arizona? No, sorry, New Mexico. Okay, not nearly as horrible. Yeah, they're in New Mexico. Still not great, but that's that's not nearly as bad as it could be. And the worst part is, is when they leave the fort just afterwards, like, first of all, Christian Bale has such animosity towards this chief 
because of what he's done and what he's seen done brutally to his friends along the way uh-huh. while trying to capture this man and say, hey, we're taking you off of your land and relocating you and everything like that. Yeah. And all the, oh man, he's like, he's trying to tell his superior officer why and another gentleman why he's not going to do this. And his superior officer, who off hand I can't think of the name of the gentleman. Doesn't matter. Uh, if you've seen Terra Nova, he's the primary character from that TV show. Uh, he is like, if you don't do this, I will court-martial you a week before you're supposed to retire, and there goes your pension, buddy. Oh, there's a... Oh, that's a that's a that's a kick somewhere not fun. Yeah, and you'll be put on... Trial. Well, no, you'll be confined to the barracks until your trial, which will happen in a week. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, this is why you don't trust people in power. Yeah, and on top of that, he's like, I don't care if the orders that are sent to me to take this guy away are from the president or not. It ain't happening. And when he's given the ultimatum about his oh. pension, he's like, mm. Stephen Lang. Yeah, Stephen Lang. Thank Villain and Avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, I I'll play. guess I'm gonna, all right. And then along the way, they get into trouble with a band of Comanches. Oh, no, because they're rivals. Right. Well, not only that, but also to, apparently they're of the Rattlesnake uh, Comanches. Oh, crap. Which are incredibly, like, not stable people and are bloodthirsty and everything like that. Who we see earlier in the movie kill almost an entire family. Yeah. Just because they want to steal horses. Yeah, from what I've seen, and this was... Uh, Hostiles was a movie at the film festival a couple of years ago. I just didn't get get to see. It looked good. I just haven't got around to it. All right, so you guys, I can say what's what's your thoughts on it? I thought it was a good movie. It was a little bit slow at times, but overall, it was pretty good. Uh, tensions were a little bit up and down as to whether or not I actually cared, cared or slash bought it. Yeah, well, the, I bought everything. Everything made sense, and you can see as things start to deteriorate for their situation as to whether or not they're going to survive the situation, mm-hmm. even though he's like, no, we've got training, we've got this covered, it's going to be fine. He's all of a sudden going, well, maybe the help that they're offering might be a good thing and we should actually take the chains off of these people because they're offering to help. Since Fight. they don't want to die either. Yeah. And maybe we should. I, I shouldn't hate them as much as I. It sounds very. Do. It's not. It's not anyway the correct correlation necessarily, but it sounds very much like the situation in the beginning of Hateful Eight. Kind of. Yeah, and this is. It, it's just. It gets bad, and on top of that, he also has to deal with whites who don't want Indians on their land and don't want them on their land because they're government agents. And oh, that good fun cookie. Yeah, and it, it just... It, the whole thing just gets really messed up really fast. I guess I guess at the end of it all, recommend? Yeah. If you like the period pieces, if you like that Western-style movie, definitely worth watching. The director's also done Crazy Heart, Out of the Furnace, and Black Mass, which are solid, oh, but... Oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, Scott Cooper, the director. He's a good director, it's just he hasn't done a whole lot of big movies. He's done kind of that 
yeah. Oscar circuit, just below Oscar circuit. So, so you yeah. said, I, I thought I remember you saying Black Mass was really good, though. Black Mass is great. Uh, it's also one of um, Johnny Depp's best performances. That's that's why it rings in my head because I <laughs> saw that and I realized when I realized it was Depp, I was like, wait, that's Depp. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he did one. Um, right, any other one? You crazy, any other one? Crazy Heart. Jeff Bridges yeah. is phenomenal in that. So. And I've heard nothing but good things about all of those. I haven't had an actual chance yeah. to see any of them. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I've just watched you know basic TV that I've seen before or mentioned before. And uh, yeah, the other movie was Ad Astra. A couple of movies I've seen before, and then Ad Astra. So, all yeah. right, then we'll get to that. Let's get to the list. <clears throat> yeah, I've been doing a lot of writing this week, so I've been turning on kind of background thrillers and horrors and sci-fi's that I haven't really gotten gotten to watching. So I filled in a couple of just holes that I wanted to watch, but just haven't got around to it. Um, one of the first ones I watched, this was actually Sunday night after y'all left, uh, turned on a movie called Time Trap. I just found something random on Netflix and turned it on while I was writing. Huh. Uh, Time Trap is about a professor, uh, a climbing professor, someone that's like teaching rock climbing and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. He goes missing somewhere out in the desert. And his, a couple of his students, like his his TAs, decide, okay, well, we're going to go find him. Cool. So we could take, I could take my younger sister, you know, we can show her kind of the climbing ropes and, you know, that kind of stuff. And they bring a, another friend. So the four of them go looking for the professor who they just kind of assume is, you know, went up and is late. You know, they're not thinking all that much. But they kind of wander through and they end up in this cave system, similar to the descent. Okay. If you've seen the descent. But it very quickly goes, it doesn't go creepy white cannibals. It goes uh, that indiscriminate time travel. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, wow. They end up in a, they end up in this cave. They wander through it for probably half an hour or something. And they can't find anyone. So they try to leave and they find that it's like all of a sudden outside there are spaceships going around. They're like, the hell? Okay. Hey, guys, and they come back down. Hey, yeah, there's something weird going on up here. They go upstairs, or they go back up through this hole in the, the, the cave ceiling. And she goes out and wanders around, and she notices, like, just a desolate wasteland. And kind of wandering around, weird, okay, and spends an hour or so outside of the cave. And then comes back in. And, yeah, it's weird, and, you know, there's all this stuff and starts explaining it. And the friends show her a video that is her, yeah, I'll, I'll be right back. Oh, that was weird. And it went up and then came right back down because time stops when you're in this um, cave. It slows way down for you. And time continues outside. So every, like, they're looking up and they see this light kind of going over top. And they think initially, oh, it's a day. Okay, so for every, like, Six seconds down here, it's a day up there. Oh, okay, that's that's weird. We're not too bad. And then they start, then they realize she spent an hour up there. And it was like a blink of an eye. So it's like, well, that's kind of odd, but okay. They end up finding out that instead of a year, it's the sun's change, through, or instead of days, it's a year. And they find out every six seconds, a year passes. And they start calculating, well, how much time have we been down here? And they've been there for like a thousand years. And they end up like, there's all this weird stuff with... That's creepy. There's cavemen still in here and conquistadors still in here. 
and they end up finding what effectively is the cradle of life or is the the fountain of youth and they find all of these like conquistadors and uh vikings and like cowboys and everybody kind of in the same room all slowly fighting because that's being slowed down <laughs> and it's like all of a sudden they find the professor who's like sitting outside of this bubble with all of these people fighting for the the um, fountain of youth and i'm like Hi, this is a really cool idea. I wish this was made by an actual company. I think that's my biggest problem with it. Oh, uh, too indie? Yeah, it's... Well, I think the concept is amazing. The that execution... Sounds, that sounds cool. Yeah, the yeah, concept cool. was phenomenal. It's just the execution was just kind of off. You know, oh. it, it was like a, a good film school student's movie. Oh. And... That sucked. I, I, I liked it. As it, cool it as it is, bad. that sucks. It was just... Yeah. I wanted a better company to make it better director better actors you know and eventually they there's a guy in like a space like a full-on like master chief chief type spacesuit that comes down and oh no puts a ladder down through it so he can go down and walks around but can't breathe the air because the air up there is different than down here and like it it gets to a point where it's really cool and they end up filling the hole over top with water and then being able to reach down through and pull people out kind of thing. And it's just this really cool sci-fi stuff here and there. But it's, I don't know, it's just kind of this odd, wish it was better. It's not as good as it should have been. Hmm. Wish the production values have been a little better. Yeah. I, I wish the... I mean, I still kind of want to yeah. check this out. Yeah, I, I, won't, I won't lie. Yeah, I'm kind of interested too. It's a really fun movie. It's just kind of... Characters are kind of annoying. The writing's kind of weak. The the special effects aren't as good as they could have. Could it's have been. very it's, it's very apparent that it's my first film. Yeah, or it's like probably the second film. The first one was a passion project, and this is one that's not as passion project. So I liked it. Uh, it's called Time Trap. Check it out. I think it's on Netflix. Time Trap. That sounds yeah. But I thought it was pretty cool. It was just so I had to go back because now because you explained about the time thing. So they literally saw her. Walk in, walk out, and then almost like the next they second, have a, walk back in. One of the characters has like a camcorder. Yeah, yeah, go up there. Uh, we'll see what see what happens. Okay, cool. I'll be right back. Man, that's weird. And she's now climbing down. She like comes up and then comes goes up and then comes right back in the same shot. That's fun. I'm like that. That's really cool. And of course, she has this whole other thing going on. I don't know. It's a. It was fun. It was just. It was kind of one that I'll forget that I watched in a in a week or two. So uh, the next one was, was kind of a a gap that I had just never seen. Predator Two. Okay. Um, wow, I saw that hmm. when I was I think fourteen. I've seen Predator One. I've seen all the aliens. There's Predators and Predators and the Predator and all the alien movies. I just hadn't ever gotten around to watching Predator 2. 2 is the odd one out? Huh. Yeah, it's weird. I like I had seen the first one and uh, Alien together. Like I, uh, I watched them together. Double feature. Um before seeing Alien vs. Predator. Because like that was coming out the theaters. I hadn't seen any of them yet. I'm like, okay, I'll watch those two and then watch them. Might as well watch it. Yeah. And then I just kinda skipped over and I saw Predators and The Predator. Yep. In theaters and so on, Alien Covenant and all those. But okay, so what do you think of it? It was fine. Uh, I I liked most of it. I liked the the kind of concept that the detective Danny, wow, name Glover, 
Danny Glover. I keep wanting to say Donald Glover. I'm like, nope. Uh, other one, other one. I like the idea that Danny Glover is the same detective from Saw. <laughs> Just because it's like he had the same personality and everything, but the first Saw, but... That is interesting. It's not. I, I'm pretty sure it's not the same character, but I liked his character. Everyone else in the movie just kind of annoyed me. Yeah. It was not my favorite of the Predator series. I will, I will definitely say the first one was better. The first one was better. Yes. Predators was better. I, I actually really enjoyed Predators, the one with Adrian Brody. I haven't seen but it. It was good. It, it was good. Yeah, I like that. I like that. The Predator is still worse than two. So, yeah. There's a bunch of problems with the Predator. Yeah. Let's make human run kill or juggernaut. It's like, that's not how it works. Yeah. That's know. not why it's fun. <clears throat> but... I don't know. I enjoyed Predator Two. Is just kind of one that was just okay. It was it was the Alien Three of the Predator movies, directed by Danny or David Fincher. Anyway, um, from Predator Two, Predator Two is not directed by David Fincher. I'm gonna just point that out. Let's okay, yeah. let's move on. Uh, the next one I watched is another little gap in my horror history. Is Lost Boys, the wow. Kiefer Sutherland vampire wow. one. Okay. Yeah, not what uh, I expected him to say. No, not at all. Yeah, not a big fan at all. I Buffy was better. Yeah, and I worked with her. Uh, I liked the original Buffy. I thought that was so did, fine. I, but I, I thought it was good. I don't know. Lost yeah. Boys. My biggest issue is it is just so eighties. Like it, it is unironically eighties. Yeah, and it's like. It's not like nostalgia, like a Stranger Things. It's just cool hair and like cool bikes and stuff and all this and like bad makeup. I mean, uh, yeah, that's there too. Um, I don't know. It was just, it was fine. I think the only way you could be more A's is super dated. I think the only way you could be more A's is watching The Breakfast Club and even then. And I love Breakfast Club. Yeah. Breakfast Club is really well done. This just, meh. Like, how did you get a career, Corey? Yeah. How did you get a career? By doing really old person voices as a kid. Really? Yeah. That bothered me all the way through. His voice was like obviously fake. <laughs> like he, he was doing an old man smoker voice when he's like a teenager. I'm like, okay. Doesn't work. And Doesn't work. I don't know, the just all the characters. I just wasn't a huge fan of it. It was fine. I get the appeal, but I feel like the movie Covenant did that same concept better. Is Lost Boys worse or better than Twilight? Worse. Or no, no, no. I will say that <laughs> while I personally enjoy the first Twilight, it is better than the rest of the Twilights. <laughs> Good call. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I, I genuinely do enjoy the first Twilight. I think the first Twilight's fine. I'll agree. The second, third, and second, third, fourth, and fifth, I believe. I think that there were four books. Yeah. So no, five movies. Yeah. Yeah. Figure. Math that up. Yeah. But I wasn't a huge fan of the, the rest of them. And Lost Boys was just okay. Like, all right. Like it had some of the biggest problems is the 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 lore they kind of played around with. They're like, ah, garlic doesn't work on me, and then the next vampire works on him. It's like, wait. <laughs> well, when you invite someone in, you lose all your power, and then he kills the person by even though he invited him in. It's like, okay, that's just kind of they just played around with the the lore and the tropes of vampires just to play around with it. And it, the continuity was terrible. I'll watch James Woods vampires first. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, but yeah. Or I Nicolas mean, Cage vampire movie. Those are the two that were just fill-ins. The next one I watched was Good Times or Good Time. 
Um, it's uh, yeah. it's speaking of Twilight. It's Robert Pattinson. It is one night, and it's him and his brother, who's mentally handicapped, played by the director. I wonder if that's a dig at someone. I don't know, probably. Um, but the the two of them rob a bank and end up end up like with the ink bomb going off on them, and they stow the stuff and all this, and the brother gets arrested. And the rest of the movie is him trying to get bail money for his brother before he's carted off to prison. Oh my god! But halfway through, the brother gets beat up in prison for because like someone insults him and he insults him back and he gets beat up for it because he doesn't know not to. And now he's sent to a hospital, covered in bandages. His brother, played by Pattinson, goes to break him out of the hospital. Finds out that he stole the wrong dude, but there was a different guy guarding it. There was a cop guarding him. So, dude, what the hell, man? Why I'm would like, you not think it's your brother? Yeah, I thought you were my brother. Do I look like your brother, you jackass? And like that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> and look, I need money to get my brother out of jail. Okay. Well, I know a place where I dropped a bunch of money and a whole bunch of acid. Okay. Yeah, let's go and do that. So then they drive to to pick up this, and then they end up getting in trouble, knocking out. Knocking out a security guard. At a, this like, sounds like a out. comedy of errors. It yes. basically is. It's just played really straight. It was a. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a good time. Like, the, it's it's one of those movies that it's just kind of like a continuing failure on his character's part. Oh my god! Wow, and that's great. It's really really well done. The cinematography leaves a lot to be desired, but. The acting, particularly from Robert Pattinson, proves that he's a whole lot better than people are getting credit for. Much like it, I believe yeah. that because of Cedric, though. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a great actor, and even Cedric wasn't much of a character. No, it but, wasn't, but I still believed him. Yeah, but like you look at Good Time and a movie called High Life, where he's a an astronaut. The two of them, phenomenal. I heard he was really good in Water for Elephants as well. Yeah, he since Twilight, he's done a lot, much like Kristen Stewart and a few things. Uh, one that I want to watch this week called Personal Shopper that I've kind of just been putting off. And I, I heard keep, that was really good. I keep trying to start it. It's just one that I'm like, I need to be in a certain time or a certain mind frame to watch it. Good time was good. It's just, it's a hard movie to watch. Uh, skip over the next one. Um, then I saw Jungle starring Daniel Radcliffe. Harry Potter. Speaking of Harry Potter. Yeah. Oof. Uh, so, you oof, but I... I think Daniel Radcliffe is turning into a damn good actor. No, that's not what I'm looking at. Mm. Um, I've heard this was a hard one to get through. So, the idea of Jungle is that he plays a character named Yossi Ginsberg. Or Yossi Ginsberg. Yossi. An Israeli character. So he has the accent. Played by the English. Movie. I know. Mm-hmm. But he does, a, he does a great job playing this character. The accent is on point. Just like in Horns when he did an American. I couldn't tell it was, he, it was him. Yeah, like, he is... He's proving that he's a lot more than just the Harry Potter actor. Good for him. But for the sure. idea of Jungle is Yossi and two friends um, are kind of backpacking through, I believe it's Bolivia down there. Or I think I they're think in Peru, so. Bolivia, you somewhere. know, somewhere in the Amazon. And they come across a guy that's like, yeah, I, I could, yeah, I could show you through the uh, uncharted parts of the Amazon. And we go up to this thing. We follow the, uh, played by Joel or uh Kreshman, uh, a German actor. Um, like, ooh, you can go to this certain parts, and they start 
start backpacking up through it. You know, uh, Danny Radcliffe's um, Yossi is all excited. The other guy's excited. And then the other guy's kind of, I don't know. And they end up going and one of them gets massive blisters on his feet. So he has just a problem walking. Ah. And him and the guide, um, Carl, decide, okay, we're going to turn back. Uh, you know, we could just turn back. It'll take us three days. And the other two are like, yeah, we can, let's uh, continue down the rap, down the river. We'll meet you there, you know, and it'll take us a week or so. We'll meet you there. Cool. Here's all the provisions you need and everything. Cool. So they split ways. And, and I will tell you now, Carl and the friend have never been seen again. This is based on a true story. <laughs> oh, the two of them disappeared into the Amazon and were never seen again. Carl is a con artist. <laughs> yep. He is a criminal wanted in in Europe. So, well, yeah. So anyway. Uh, okay, this took a turn I didn't expect. Oh, yeah. Right. They don't reveal that until late in the movie. Um, Yossi and the one friend whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's Marcus. Marcus might have been the guy that left. Either way, either way. So Yossi and him then get on the get on a uh, a raft that they made earlier in the movie and head down the thing until they get to these rapids, and the rapids break the boat. Of course they do. The friend gets washed up on shore. Yossi goes another what turns out to be 120 miles. <gasps> so a quick trip down to the Quickie Mart. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. He goes quite a ways down. Waking up on waking up on the uh, shore, well, in the rapids ultimately, but the actual story he wakes up on the shore with no provisions. Uh oh! And it's yeah. gonna take him a while to get back. So the rest of the movie, and this is like an hour into an, a two-hour movie. The rest of the movie is him trying to a survive and b find civilization. I mean, as long as he can find fresh water, he's good for a couple weeks. He found the water. Oh, that's that's like ninety percent of your battle. It's him wandering through the Amazon rainforest, and it's <sighs> it's the the hallucinations that start with uh, the hunger. With the hunger, it's the the fact that when he's sleeping, it's just nothing but noise of all the bugs. Um, it's surprisingly loud. He oh, yeah. he hits his head on something. And then he finds out he gets a worm in his head. And it's oh, just like, okay, we're going to stop right there. Yeah, it's one of those movies that you don't expect it to go places and it just keeps going. And it's it, it was a phenomenal acting job by Daniel Radcliffe because it's basically him carrying a movie for an hour and a half. And when <sighs> he eventually, he does get found. If you know the story of Jesse Ginsburg, he does get found by the friend who's like, who doesn't give up on finding him. And he is skin and bones. And Daniel Radcliffe was skin and bones. He dropped, he lived on nothing but, I think it's like a protein bar and a single like chicken breast plus water or something like that for like a month to to drop the weight he needed. And he looks skeletal. So he basically, he, he basically pulled Christian Bale. Yeah. And wow. That's it, dedication. Yeah. Also, what the? What's wrong with you, boy? Yeah, right. So, but yeah, that was Jungle, and I actually really, really enjoyed Jungle. Would Would you recommend it to either one of us? Uh, I don't know. It's one that's it's very, very hard to sit through because of just kind of the the weird, realistic nature of it. Um, but I'd recommend it to people that like watching that kind of survival horror, that kind of kind of film. 
like, like actual survival horror, not yeah, like monster survival horror. Man versus nature is that kind of, is the subgenre. Subgenres coming Thursday. Um, the subgenre is definitely definitely man versus nature because oh, nature messes with him. Nature doesn't care. That's that's the yeah. horrifying thing about nature. Nature agreed doesn't care yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, really? like I'll read about it. I have no problems. Look doing... up Yossi Ginsberg's story, and then you can just not bother watching. Like I can, I'll, I can read it a lot easier than I can, than I can watch it. Same. It's it's the same. It's the same problem that my mother doesn't understand how I can watch something like like a slasher flick or or the thing and laugh, and yet any sort of medical procedure, no matter how benign it is, like. In in upgrade when they're cutting open his back, I was like, okay, no, 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 no. Yeah, the oh. the worm scenes that is hard to watch. Yeah, it's, it don't... is extremely realistic. All right, then that's enough so, for talking about that. So, yeah, that's the jungle. Um, <sighs> I jumped from the jungle straight to a movie called Open Water. Oh, another man versus nature. Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of was like, I'll put this on in the background. I've been meaning to watch it. I heard good things, and I was gonna say that was the shark one, right? Yes, yeah. it was. Um, Something just touched me. <laughs> it's about. To, it's about a, I believe it's a recently married couple. It I don't is. think they're on their honeymoon or whatever, but they've been married for a little bit. It's a vacation. Yeah, I know that much. Yeah, but they're not it's a honeymoon. A, I don't it's know. It's a vacation, yeah. and they are they go out on a boat with like a scuba diving group, and one guy in the the ship's an idiot, and they have to leave because he injures himself. Of course he does. And they come up, and there's just no nobody around. And literally, they are they are yeah. they are treading water in the ocean. Yep. And, and then what the happens? Story. What comes up in the ocean? Sharks come up in the ocean. Eventually. They actually do sharks really well, that the sharks don't just, like, jaws them, like, jump up and just grab them. It's actually a slow build of feeder fish kind of nipping at her that make her bleed. Ooh. And the sharks are drawn by the feeder fish. And then the blood. And then the blood, like, doesn't bleed for that long. Oh, they, clots. Yeah, and they get struck, stung by jellyfish, which freaks them out, and oh. and like other things going on. In the very, water. very much again, man versus nature, yeah. and another yeah. one of the scariest ones, man versus ocean. Yeah, because again, as much as nature doesn't care, the ocean really doesn't like you. Yeah, and it's it eventually, yeah, yeah the the both characters end up getting killed by sharks. Uh, it's been out for long enough. I don't, I'm not all that worried about spoilers, but. Uh, all oh, this I, stuff on the ocean I thought was really well done, but... Well, they do both die? They do. Um, <laughs> he gets... He definitely dies. He is attacked by sharks. Um, and you're in the middle of the ocean, but so she, you're You see, like, her floating with his bag, because she pushes him away, and you see her floating, and then, like, a wave kind of crests over, and she's gone. So you, either she drowned or she gets tugged under. You don't really know. Um, there's a sequel, so we'll see if maybe that's tied in with this, but I, I doubt it. I'm not going to bother watching it. I liked all the stuff on she the ocean. She comes back from the dead. It's, it's a shark. horror movie. It'll take up exactly where it is, and she'll pop up and get rescued, and then do it again in, like, a year. That's how horror movies work, but... That's how she kills her husbands. <laughs> she <laughs> is the Black Widow shark. I wouldn't surprise if she turned... If in, like, the fifth sequel, she turns half into shark. a shark herself. Or half something. shark, half spider. Yeah, but uh, oh, you say that, no. but that's probably a movie. There's a six-headed shark movie. So no, but, wait, that was that was that was a, a manga by Junji Ito, and that one can screw right off. But that's another time. That's another yeah. tale. So, so, in other words, you wouldn't recommend it? No, nah, not really. I mean, 
if you're if you like Jaws and you wanted a more realistic take on what that kind of thing, go ahead. But yeah, no. All right then. Yep. I also saw it comes at night, starring Joel uh, Edgerton, I believe. I believe his name is. Um, it's a thriller from a few years ago. Uh, virus has right ravaged the world. Oh god. Um, and now you don't know if you're you're not sure if other people are infected, so it's all that. It was fine. Uh, there's not a whole lot to say about this one. Um, psychological thriller horror that tinted at something interesting and then just decided not to go down that road. So you hate to see it. Yeah, it was it was a fine little low budget thriller, but uh, that got me on a Joel Edgerton kick. So then I watched The Gift, oh, starring Joel Edgerton and that sounds familiar. Jason Bateman, I believe. Yes, and that was great. That I sounds real gift. familiar. Yeah, I think I talked about it last week or something. Like it might have. It's been a little bit. Yeah, the one with Gordo, I, the yep, the ex guy that was turns out was being bullied by Jason Bateman's character and is now back to revenge, like get revenge on him. And it's this really twisted little little thriller, and I actually uh-huh. really enjoyed the gift. And I the twist, oh man, oh. If yeah. I decided to see it, no, no, I'm just saying like that twist. Did, yeah, because uh, there's a question that never really gets at or answered. Yeah, if that's you, part you of the question, you're like messing with them, right? Or if it's real, yeah. The gift, yeah. Yes. You know what? I'll at least I'll at least look look yeah. it up this week. Yeah, it was yeah. directed by uh, Joel Edgerton. Whether yeah. whether or not I watch it, like he does creepy really well. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I really enjoyed the gift, but it's one of those that I'm not going to say a whole lot about. It, it was fine. And it was. And it was by, good. So yeah. by creepy, I also don't mean like like horror creepy, but like that real life. This is a creepy guy, like stalker creepy. Oh, yeah, you're you're not sure if he's creepy or if you're just reading this wrong. Yeah, or if he's just that a little socially inept. Turns out, yeah, he's he's both. He's a creepy dude. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then then the the two big ones are, I finally got around to seeing Crawl. The mm. the Alexander Aja movie the about alligators. the alligators. I loved that movie. That was great. <laughs> like like knowing that it's alligators, it's exactly what I expected going into it. But it was just really damn good. To be fair, alligators as a species can be very terrifying. Yeah, they they are not to be trifled with. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I caught on pretty early that they're digital alligators, obviously, but but it. It worked. You caught that in the trailer, Devin. Even that, you barely see them in the trailers. But in this, yeah, you see them a lot. And they're like, okay, that's digital. But it's an impressive digital creation. It's not one that's like... If I wasn't looking for it, I wouldn't notice, to be honest. Yeah. So, but I really enjoyed it. I really liked the daughter. I thought she was phenomenal in this. And then the father, um, who... I've seen him in a lot of stuff, can't they... It's like Ben Foster or something. I, I I can't can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he was great. The, cool. The two of them were were great. Everyone else in the movie, they're there. Most of them die. Barry Pepper. Um, Barry Pepper. There it is. Um. Yeah. Battlefield Earth guy. Yeah. Uh, Poor man. And you're talking about Haley uh, Kaya Scotolero. Yeah. Scotolero. Kaya, Kaya Scotolero. I thought she was great. The two of them, their relationship was really good, and I just genuinely liked the movie. Uh, it's yeah. a good man versus nature in a house type thriller. So, I mean, so you've got the trapped thing on top of it. Oh my god, that some of those scenes were just really good. Trying to figure out, well, how how do we get out of this flooding basement? Which 
is in Florida, and they have a basement on the beach. Okay, weird, but... Well, hang on. Yeah, there's a lot of logic flaws, but the movie's just so well done, I don't really care. So Fair enough. Turn so, your brain off. Don't don't think too hard about great. it. It's, so what's the second big one? Uh, the second big one is Fast and the Furious present Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, boy. I saved this one for last, because this movie is dumb as shit. And considering you're talking about a Fast and Furious movie, and I'm sure you're comparing it to the rest, that says a lot. I will say I actually really enjoy, after I think Fast Five, I've actually really enjoyed the Fast and Furious franchise. They're dumb fun. You know what you're getting into. It's like a Mission Impossible nowadays. Yeah, they're Mission Impossible. They're they're fun, you know, quirky, like... Car work. Not quirky. They're like octane thriller, like awesome cars and stuff. You know, cool. This was not. Like, I just didn't have fun watching this. And I think that's the biggest issue is I love The Rock and I love Jason Statham. And I love Idris Elba. And even uh, Vanessa Kirby. I love Vanessa Kirby. Hobbs and Shaw was just hard to get through. It was... While I genuinely enjoyed parts of it, it was two hours long. And about an hour and a half... Or an hour into it, I looked at the time to see how much left I had. And I usually try not to, but then I saw it was still an hour, and they're like in what I thought was the climax. I'm like, Jesus. Oh my God. Okay. And that that disappoints me, because I know what got me interested in it was that first trailer with with Johnson and Statham in the hallway. Yeah. And that's that's near, that's like 45 minutes into the movie, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, that's great. In the trailer was well done. How is it different in the movie? But it, it kept adding, like, Statham doing a couple of cool things and looking over and, and like, rock dragging it. And you, then doing a couple of cool things, looking over. And it's like, oh, my God, they cut it better in the trailer. You could. That and hurts. That legitimately hurts. There's the yeah. scene where they have, like, their contact argument. And it's it's it felt like, okay, the script had to be, uh, they bicker at each other. And that's like it, because it felt like they, the writer just kind of said, I don't know, say something that sounds bad. It's like my balls being dragged across glass and I have to stare at your ugly face for another five minutes. Yeah, well, um, talking to you is like talking or is like putting my hand in a, tr- in a trash compactor while putting my tongue in a toaster. It's like, what? That doesn't even make like, sense. Yeah, it's like. They're just these kind of lines that are just trying to outdo each other. And it's like, wow. the best part of it is, um, well, you can't do that. What, are you going to come in here and make me do it? I'm not going in there. I'm not going in there. Like, the best part of it is just, like, the other people reacting to them. But I just, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy watching the movie. And it was one of those that was so dumb that... You could tell that they probably shot like the action scenes first and then needed to justify it while they were making it. There's a, a really well shot, of course, fight scene between the three of them where, spoilers, they end up teaming up and not bickering for a scene where they team up to fight the guy that can read their moves. Yep. Because that's the thing that Black Superman can do is predictive fight. Sure, yeah. why not? And... At one point, you see him go at him one-on-one, and he beats him, and I'm in the middle of this empty theater going, I am going to guess that they team up and work together to crack his system, and they do just that. But it's in the rain. 
and the scene right before this and the scene right after this have no rain. So earlier in the movie, they need to justify it by saying, in a voiceover, mind you, we're gonna, this is our last stand. Somewhere over here, the hurricane's going to come through. And it's going to bring a lot of rain. And then they never mention it again. Until wow. it's raining during the fight scene, and then directly afterwards, there's fight. There's like rain in the background, but they're dry. I'm like, oh my god. Or, like, they're, they shot all of the stuff without guns, and they went, oh crap, no, they have guns. How do we, how do we lock down their guns? How about if we randomly hack their guns from 50 feet away, so it turns them off for 60 seconds? That works. Why? What? Yeah, they they have like activatable guns, and they like drop a few hints that, aha, you need a you need an activation chip to fire that gun, even though someone earlier fought fired a gun. And it's I thought like, that was bullshit. Metal Gear Solid. Why the hell is it doing? What what is it doing in my movie? And it's just so many times where they're just like continuity errors and logic flaws, and I've never talked about the one eighty rule in dialogue, but there's a rule. In filmmaking, that if you have two people sitting and talking, let's say The Rock and Statham, The Rock will always be on the left of frame, Statham will always be on the right of frame. And you don't mix that up. So you you never move the camera across that 180 so that Statham is on the opposite side. You never do that. That is just a thing that filmmakers have decided is easier to follow and Damn if they're not right. Yeah, you know they're what? Professionals I'll, for a reason. The 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 few times that it's broken, ninety percent of the time it doesn't work. If it's justified in breaking, so in this scene that I'm thinking of, it's uh, the two of them tied to a chair with electrodes attached to whatever because they never explain that. And uh, Idris Elba with with the thing standing to their like on one side of them. This entire scene was not. 180 rule complaint at all. Oh, they jump around so awkwardly that I had no idea who was in what part of what room. Vanessa Kirby's character, uh, Deckard Shaw's sister, was wandering through the crowd, but I had no idea where she was because I never knew which character was where. And awesome. then Eddie Marsan, who, yeah, is in this movie as like a Russian dude who was unneeded for the story, jumps in with a flamethrower, and I honestly had no idea where he was. So I thought he was an enemy that was jumping in to attack the two of them. <laughs> Until they then have a, a different shot saying showing that he attacked Idris Elba. And I had no idea that's what just happened. Wow. It was such a jumbled mess. And everything in this movie was like that. Like, you could tell the director, I don't know if it's a first-time director, or if it's just a director that didn't know what he was doing at times, but it was very obvious that certain parts of the movie were just made first to, to look and then cool. superimposed afterwards. There's there's a few really, really awkward cameos. Ryan Reynolds and the guy who plays the one dude that signs up for the X-Force are randomly in there as a CIA agent and like an MI5 or MI6 agent. And there is no reason why they're there. It's just this awkward, like... Like, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, and I'm doing the the non-Deadpool Deadpools, and, you know, I'm just doing this. And, hey, man, remember that time that we were here? No, I don't. Oh, do you ever watch Game of Thrones? I don't ever watch Game of Thrones. And then later, you know nothing, Jon Snow. I knew you watched it. Of course I did. It's like, and it just, it rambles on, and it doesn't go anywhere. And then 
Kevin Hart pops up for one scene where he plays the air marshal. And it's The Rock and Statham talking about how they're going to beat each other. Because, of course, they have they can't go a whole scene with not not saying how much Without they hate each other. Without swinging their dick. Yeah, pretty much. They're testosterone-fueled tiny dicks. And um, then Kevin Hart pops up in one of the awkward, most awkward framed scenes I've ever seen, where obviously it's green screen. Like, it's obvious that he's not there for most of that shoot, and they just didn't know who they were going to get to play this, and then Rock's like, I can just get Kevin Hart. He needs a job. So... I don't know. It was just a mess. So I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut you off. Yeah, because I can go for a while, and we still have to talk about Ad Astra. So, so don't watch. If you like dumb action movies, sure, it has some fun moments, but like the action scenes, they border on ridiculous. There's some awesome action in the action scenes, but then you'll have a transforming bicycle or a twice or transforming motorcycle, and it's like, oh well, that's a thing now. And then super sci-fi, and then the next thing, there's Samoan people with no shirts on beating up people in armor. It's like, yeah, that that was that was a scene in the trailer. But they I'm turn like, off their what? guns, so instead of just pulling out normal pistols and shooting at the dudes and wearing no clothes, they fight each other. <laughs> and then that's just an excuse to get them in, into a chase scene. So all right then, so no, yeah, so skip it, um, rent it if it pops on a Netflix, give it a shot. If you get bored in the first hour and you get to the giant nuclear silo scene, remember you still have an hour of this damn movie to go. Very, um, very damning yeah. indictment. Yeah. So, on to better movie. Yeah, um, let's jump to something better. Me and Thomas Week saw at Astra. Yes. Cool. I won't say a whole lot. I have watched last week's Tuesday show for my thoughts on it for the most part. And I... I will definitely essentially reiterate that in that it was an amazing movie that gripped me the entire way through. Absolutely. There was not a there was not a second of that that I felt was wait. There was maybe one lingering shot that I thought probably could have been cut down a bit, but other than that, everything was. It was methodical, as I would say, as opposed yeah. to slow, but it used that for a reason. Absolutely, I thought it was fantastic from beginning to end. And, and gorgeous. Oh, yeah. oh it is. It to is me, good. it should get visual effects nominations, cinematography nominations. I forgot how absolutely. beautiful Neptune actually is. Like, I forgot how beautiful. Like, we they call us the big blue marble, but no, no, that's that's Neptune. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and the fact that everything was tinted blue from it, like that, yeah. like every shot was could have been a screensaver, practically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and. I fully get what you were talking about where it definitely felt like the passage of time was a thing in this movie where it wasn't yes. just instantly there and done. Yeah. Especially like you said, the trip to Neptune, I felt that man slowly losing it. Yeah. Especially with what happened to him getting in to the rocket and oh boy. Yeah. 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 That, that was wow. You're absolutely right. Brad Pitt deserves an Oscar nomination, an Oscar nomination, and honestly, the win for this. For right now, everything I've seen this year, he deserves the win. If if he's not at but, least nominated yeah. this next Oscars, I'll call foul. Yeah, well, because that his man, biggest competition of the year is coming up in less than a week, so we'll get into that. Still, it's like if yeah, if he's at least not on the nomination <laughs> docket for for this year, I call foul because yeah. my God, I I didn't, I never disbelieved him. Yeah. I never thought he was anything other For than sure. genuine. And towards the end, when he has that little tear, 
Yeah. That that whole scene. It's like I yeah. I saw it glistening in the light and my heart hurt. Yeah. We won't go much into what happened after he heads towards Neptune. Because it is still a new movie, but Right. Yeah. I will also say and something that surprised you when I said it, this felt, and I've described to other people as the most realistic Lovecraft movie I will ever see. Okay. Because it had, it was, it felt Lovecraftian at its best in that it is the fear and psychosis, essentially, of an out-of-touch human going against the great unknown, that unknown being space in its entirety. Okay. So more the psychological effects of Lovecraft yeah. and less elder gods. Which and, I, which yeah. whatever, whatever anybody else thinks, I personally think Lovecraft was at his best when he was exploring the the damaged psyche of a human put into a very bad situation, yeah. and not necessarily the monsters. Yeah. Because there was a couple moments where my heart was pounding, and there was essentially nothing going on. Yeah. A lot of the movie feels like nothing's going on, but in context, everything, everything's going on. Absolutely, yeah. There's a ton of things that's just wow. Yeah, I will not mention what happens, but the I think it was Norwegian space station. Mm-hmm. The uh, that whole sequence, my heart the medical I, station. I could hear yeah. my heartbeat just yeah. po- and feel it pounding. Yeah, um, and that's all I'm going to say on it. And also the use of silence in yeah. this film. And the soundtrack in general. Fantastic. That's where this movie and Gravity do really, really well with silence. Just the lack of any sound. The fact that if they're touching it, the sound is a thing. If they're not touching it, they don't hear it. And the biggest thing that I can that I can point to that is the thing you mentioned last week is the uh, the, the the moon thing, the moon, the the rovers. That whole scene was unbelievably oh well made. And again, it was like you said, it was methodical. It was Kind of slow for any other franchise, you would say. Yeah. yeah. Again, my heart was pounding the entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though you had said several things that made me realize that, oh, you know what? He's probably going to be fine through this. I didn't care. It's like I felt it the entire yeah. way through. Yeah. The opening sequence alone, I was, my heart was going. I like, also said, screw that when I saw exactly how high up they were. Oh, the, I was like, the nope, stuff, yeah. nope, yep. nope. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, I knew it happened because that's one of the things in the trailer. But I feel like once they got to the moon, I had no idea where this was going. Well, like I knew the part from the trailer, but at the same time, like it doesn't put really into scope how tall that's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah until he he looks down, and I'm like, oh, nope. Especially yeah. when he first climbs out, and you're just like, yeah. Oh. I was just like, I all the nope. I will. Uh, yeah. I will. Yeah. I will. Attach myself to this. I will weld myself to the antenna. Goodbye, everyone. I love you. Yeah, the Robert Zemeckis movie, The Walk, had that same effect on me. That's the one about the the tightrope walker walking between the. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, the like, I've never I've never had vertigo, but I think I experienced it. Yeah. <laughs> like that. If you like, that's the closest I think I've ever I'm ever going to come to experience vertigo. And it's like, yeah. oh it no, once. it was terrifying. But no, yeah, I I completely agree. It is. I'll I'll, even, I'll agree even with what you said. It's like I think this is better than Alita. Yeah, it's like it. I loved Alita, but it's the. I think Ad Astra took its spot. I think, and I think I know the reason why is that 
I think I very much felt in tune with a lot of what Pitt's character felt. I yeah. felt very, it's like, I have a lot of those fears that he was talking about through himself with that. And just like, do I some do I sometimes diss myself too much? Am I do I just kind of sulk and brood and not really care or you know, just that whole yeah. distance? And so I think it hit me a lot harder in that respect. Yeah, the kind of sociopathy that he started developing and feeling throughout. Yeah, and and I have to say I'm sorry for Liv Tyler in this movie. Yeah, like she just didn't have much to do <laughs> at all. No, and I I feel sorry for it. it it's also hilarious that she's. <laughs> that she's essentially the uh, this the estranged love romance for the astronaut that might not come back. Yeah, she's just kind of there. That is that yeah. is a typecast that no one else is going to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was an odd choice to have her playing. It's also kind of funny versus basically just having a no name in there. Yeah, it like made her feel like she was going to be important to the story, but she's not at all. I you know what I didn't think that after ten minutes. Yeah. So, but no, yeah. it's yeah, it's I would I would easily and gladly go watch it again. One hundred percent, it was an amazing movie and deserves every praise it gets. There was also plenty of nuance too because there was a lot of other things going on. Brad that, Pitt can emote so well with his face while not while seeming to still be that, distant. Yeah, that yeah. There, there's a couple of scenes where if you just watch his face, you could tell that there's that I. I have emotions, but I don't want them. He even said he even says it himself. He's like he com- he was taught to compartmentalize, yeah. and maybe he's taken that too far. And you can see that in some of those scenes. That yeah, yeah dude, you did take it too far. There's something not there's something broken with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's as such. Like I said, I I think it hit me harder because of that. Because sometimes I feel that way. Yeah, and it everything about it was just. Beautiful, and I said this last week. It's like I don't think I would have given this any sort of shot if it hadn't been for stuff for this, yeah, for talking with you and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. It's like, and honestly, that makes me a little sad because I would have missed out on easily one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, like I said, though, there's some, there's something that's deeper going on here that doesn't get um, forefront too much in here. Uh, and it doesn't really need to. And I don't want to go into it for those who haven't seen this movie. Uh, but it really starts to become apparent, bubbling towards the surface in a couple of different parts. One with the one interview uh, yeah. that takes place. And then with the uh, calming room. That, oh. yeah. Yeah. So... The whole circumstances going on with both of those, like the initial interview before he gets sent uh, to the moon, and then the calming room right after the- right after the messages. Those like there's so much more going on that and doesn't actually, even get touched on really. And actually, you even mentioned it, it's like the biggest the biggest sense that you get that there's something wrong and there's something a lot deeper is when he fails that first. When he the, that first when he failure fails his psychological test, test yeah, yeah his psych test like there is everything going on in that man's face yeah mm-hmm. like those kind of things his like subtle twitches his like little like clenching the, I I think I remember yeah. seeing clenching of his hands like there is so much physically going on that he didn't need to say a 
thing well, you you, know, for me to know the turmoil. You first notice yeah. that during that first interview when they, yeah. when they begin to mention his dad. And then when he's also sitting here watching the like the people in the room and doing the different things, the one guy writing, the one person like uh, holding up the stress holding meter. Holding up the stress meter. It's yeah. all it's all and so subtle. And it's like I I knew going in that I wanted to pay attention to this. One of the things that and one of the things that caught my eye, and this will be the last I say, was I'm not sure if it's foreshadowing, if it was what if it was just Someone thought it'd be a good idea, but I remember when they were walking into Mars, on the door, when they were all checking in, was essentially a suicide help, uh, like, hotline sort of thing. It's like, like, talk, get help, something like that. It's like, and I was, I saw that, I was like, and with everything that happened, I was like, wait a minute, is something bad going to happen with Roy? Like I don't know if that was very subtle foreshadowing, or if it was just good placement or what. But I saw that and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be intense here, isn't it?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That that sign I couldn't tell if it said "help" or "home," but it got that message across. But there was something off about it, and it was just like, "Why would you have that on the check-in?" Right, and it's like it said something about like. Welcome to your new home, or call, or, uh, like, it was something, it was a long word, and then an H word that was very short underneath it, and I couldn't say it was help or home. Yeah, so it, it, it felt very much like it's, like, if there's something happening emotionally, talk to someone, essentially, and it's like, yeah. that, this is not going to be fun. But no, I I would recommend it 100% to people, as long as they can take a slow burn. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely a slow burn. Yeah, it which is good, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good when you're watching fitting. the movie, and... It being two hours, three minutes, and... Didn't feel it. No. Hobbs and Shaw being just under two hours. I didn't check my phone in, uh, at Astra. I, I almost know did. it's slow. I almost did, only because this is right before I was going into work, so yeah. I... I was, But I figured, it's like, wait a minute, if it starts at this time, I should be at this at the most by the time we get out. So it's like, that's that, then that was the only reason, is because of yeah. work. Otherwise, I did not feel the urge. Like, it passed by like that. And I was like... Yeah. Oh, this is the end. Oh, I will say that there was one part of the end that I felt was a little unrealistic. I mean, there's some of the science that just kind of goes wonkier. As some of the in. sciences here and there, but there was there's one yeah. specific thing which I'll say after this when we go into break since I don't want to spoil it. But there was one aspect that I was like, shouldn't something have happened? But uh, other, other than that, no, I completely agree. It's it's easy one of my favorite movies of this year. Fantastic yeah. movie, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So that was at Astra and my. Cavalcade of movies. Uh, don't bother with Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, don't don't illegally download it. If you want to watch it, go and find a way to watch it. See, see upgrade. It needs the money too because it got overlooked hardcore. Absolutely. Go and see Crawl. Crawl was really fun. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed Crawl. Uh, so yeah, that's the that, that's all the movies. Um, quick news updates. Uh, first off, tying in with the movie coming out this week, Joker. Uh, we're going to see Joker. Don't be an idiot. Uh, that's all I'm really going to say. The content matter and su- subject matter of Joker has gained some notoriety for the similarities between it and the Aurora, the Aurora shooting in the theater for I, Dark Knight Rises. Why am I not surprised? Um, if you're offended by that kind of content, if you don't want to see a movie that is about a villain, just don't go see the movie. Stop complaining on the internet. 
And hopefully, if you're thinking about going and shooting a, a theater, don't do that. Seek help, please. Seek help. If you think someone is going to do that, talk to them. See what you can do to help. There's been a lot of talk about potentially this being a movie that incites violence. If it does, seek medical attention, seek psychiatric help. Don't go and shoot a bunch of people in a theater because you're just going to go down as a villain. Nobody's going to praise you. Don't do, don't be stupid. Good. What's the other bit of news? Going on, uh, Spider-Man is officially back in the MCU. Yep. Oh, no. Really? I know. I'm so shocked. Everyone saw that. Nobody, yeah, nobody saw that coming. Uh, yeah. Spider-Man's back in the MCU. I still say it was a publicity stunt, I Yeah, swear. me too. Uh, cool. Um, woo, Tom Holland keeps keeps getting work. Awesome. I will say the best thing uh, to come out of it was the Tom Holland memes. Oh, yeah. And uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Standalone 3 is coming out 2021. Cool. Which is kind of predicted because it was an open slot anyway. So The other thing that also came off of that is that Spider-Man is only allowed to appear in one more film that is not Spider-Man uh, specific. Yeah. So According to the New Deal. Yeah. So it'll probably pop into another one and then they're, they might spin off with a new character. We'll, we'll see what comes up with that. Uh, again, just like before, it's an evolving story. I don't know. Sony or Disney can get greedy. Who knows? Well, here's the thing. It's like, I think they might be able to do it because, uh, real quickly, they're opening up. There's a good chance they're opening up the multiverse. Yeah. So that could uh, that could open up some entertaining possibilities. Yeah. Right. Tom Holland only has two movies left on his contract, so we'll see. Most likely, they'll re up the contract and he'll he'll appear in more movies moving forward. But, but for right knows? now, we'll see. Either way. Either way, the MCU family is back together again. Yep. Yay. Yep. And the final news note uh, is Kevin Feige is officially working on a Star Wars project. Kevin Feige, for those of you who don't know, is the ultimately the mastermind behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He, he is, is. He is the, the father. producer. He is the god of Marvel. He is the godfather. He's jumping over to Star Wars to work on a Star Wars movie. Or series or group of them. I would take a trilogy from Feige. Project. Yeah. yeah. A project with Star Wars uh, that is going to be worked or completed and worked on after uh, Star Wars 9. You know what? I think I would take a trilogy from Feige. Yeah. I yeah. would take him deciding where the series goes. I would be completely okay with that as long as he still does awesome stuff in Marvel or passes it off to someone he trusts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That being said, movies coming out this week are Joker. Uh, that's really the the only one. There's probably some other ones. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm genuinely curious to see what they do. Um, I'll honestly, I'll wait for you. I, yeah, I don't care. I am super looking forward to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I think Joaquin Phoenix is a brilliant. He's a great actor. actor. He's, He's a, great a brilliant actor. actor. Absolutely. I just, I am a little worried about the stuff coming out about the inciting violence. I will. Say, I will say. I just don't care but, because I'm done with the villain and superhero thing for a lot of it. And I will I will say for the inciting violence thing, it's like we've had other movies that have if you want to go the route, glorify villains, look at Silence of the Lambs. A lot how many people talk about it for 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 the female character? No, they all talk about it for Yeah, and for Hannibal. Much like uh slasher films, you don't really give a damn about the victims, it's all about the killer. But this one's a little different in the fact that it shows a man who who is pushed down by life, who's kind of pushed to his breaking point, and then 
from what I've kind of been able to tell, it shows that what he does starts a revolution. And I'm like, okay, I understand where you're going. It depends on how it's done. Right. So Because that's, again, that's also not a new subject, but that's yeah, not the here there. That's not the here I'm curious where how it does. I'll wait to hear from you. I'll I'll be watching it on Thursday, so we'll yep. get into that on the next the next podcast. And unless you tell, unless you try to push it like you did Scott Pilgrim, I don't think I'm going to care to see it. That's as next we week's podcasts are going to be either delayed or a different time. Uh, there's stuff going on in all of our lives that we're not going to be recording on our same day, so we'll figure that out and come back on Thursday for our main topic, uh, which is about various subgenres of. Movies, so horror, sci-fi, action, fantasy, western, historic, documentary. We're All gonna go over. Stuff. We're gonna go over different subgenres of each of those categories. Yep. Go into what we personally like, what are our favorite subgenres, and so on. So that'll be on Thursday. Tune in to see when we come back next week. Cool. Yep. Any last notes? Then that's it. Go see movies. Don't be stupid. I'm gonna agree. Go see movies. Don't be a dumbass. Bye.